This is episode 459 of the AWS podcast, released on July 14th, 2021. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lashir here with you, and this is a very special series called Right Now at AWS. Hosted by Katie Doptus, it's a special series focusing on enterprises across industries. We hope you enjoy it. This is Right Now at AWS, the podcast series that surfaces patterns, best practices, and successful solutions across every imaginable industry. I'm your host, Katie Doptis. Today, we're getting the latest cloud adoption trends from Principal Migration Advisor, Steve Peacock. He's here to tell us why customers are moving to AWS right now and provide us best practices that help make the move easier. Steve, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Katie. It's good to hear from you again. Yeah, we talked one year ago on this show. It was actually the first episode of Right Now at AWS and episode 371 on the channel, if you want to go back and check. Anyhow, back then, you told us the single biggest driver for moving to AWS was cost savings. Has that changed? Yes. uh, Back when we talked, we were just starting to understand the longer-term impact of COVID on the economy. And companies were that were just starting to look at modernization and their applications suddenly shifted their attention back to cost reduction, which was kind of like turning the clock back to 2018 or 2019 when they were just focused on closing data centers and reducing costs. So at that time, we saw a lot of interest in closing data centers, again, reducing costs immediately. They were going after easy targets like their DR and their backup sites. Um, in order to get to that point. And they were making long-term plans for cutting costs. We also saw an increase in some of the security issues, uh, ransomware attacks and other types of security approaches. And so customers moved more quickly there uh, to the cloud. And how are customers addressing the ransomware risk with AWS? Well, you know, we have seen a lot in the news recently about ransomware, and customers do realize that they need to take a, a stronger approach towards these types of attacks because they, they are very frustrating for companies. Uh, every company is responsible for their own security program, obviously, and what we see is companies using the cloud to address and provide resources for those programs. So with ransomware in particular, you know, you, you have to put in a program, the customers have to put in a program themselves that will you know, make sure they have up-to-date devices, they have uh, all the email safety warnings for their employees that are usual, they have updated software out there. So what we mostly see is customers um, wanting to leverage the resources and capabilities that come with the cloud so they have great backup and DR plans. Okay, getting back to the original question, what are the top business drivers right now? Just in the last couple of months, I would say, as you know, the economy started to pick up and people are seeing end, uh, light at the end of the tunnel, we're seeing uh, more attention toward modernization efforts, more like we did pre-COVID days. Still, there's a lot of attention towards cutting costs because the impact of the economy is longer than just one year. Can we take a minute to level set on what we mean by migration and what we mean when we're talking about modernization? Sure, that's a good question. So when we view migrations, one way to view it is it's it's kind of the uh, going beyond the decision of cloud-first policy that we had for a while. It's beginning to move the core applications and your data uh, to the cloud. And this can be through a lift and shift approach or 
going to, to containers in, inside a container to the cloud, such, such as VMware, or of course, if you want to modernize applications and move them over. The vast majority of that right now is going through lift and shift. Now, modernization is a little more complicated to define. You know, we can first take a look at the most obvious one, is, and that's rebuilding an application into cloud-native compatible environment, uh, such as being serverless or inside containerization or even building out an application into microservices. And there's various reasons that people do that. Uh, a lot of it has to do with older applications that just need to be refeatured and, and, and built up anyway. So when they rebuild them, they want to make sure that they're going to be maintainable and supportable in the future. The other way you can look at modernization is look at moving the application or the database to a managed services model. And we see companies wanting to do this more because primarily they want to scale up their capabilities and focus the efforts of their staff on the applications or their business rather than having to maintain databases or applications as they did in the past. So, so that's going on. And probably by far, we see the most of uh, the modernization coming through database where uh, companies are deciding to move off of their current licensed database environments uh, to a more open source, a less expensive, a more capable database and, and this often frees them from proprietary expensive licenses and software and also puts them in a position for being able to modify, grow that database at scale. If we broke it down to the workload level, what workloads are customers migrating and modernizing and why do you think that is? Well, we're seeing uh, a lot of the older applications and systems that are based on Microsoft SQL and uh, Oracle moving over to open database systems like Aurora. In general, you can expect to have better performance, up to five times faster, and uh, a tenth of the cost. Okay, so the largest trend is gaining more capabilities in data and analytics and paying less. It sounds like a good approach. It certainly seemed to paying off for our customers. Um, I, I just start to see now today uh, customers looking towards future growth and so they really do talk a lot about scalability. Can you share a customer success story? Sure, there's there's lots of them in the database space, but what comes to mind maybe is Reddit. They recently moved to Amazon Aurora, and, and they, they were challenged with a, a, a scale-up situation. Uh, they were looking at a 30% year-over-year growth, and they felt like they could only do that in a, in a modern database kind of environment. So they moved over to Amazon Aurora, and that also reduced their operational costs, that improved their backup approach, backup and recovery that they had, and it improved the reliability of their database overall. And, and generally, as I said, we're seeing a lot of companies move more towards modernizing their databases first, and across various industries, it's pretty much the same. Obviously, when you're modernizing the environments, it's it's sort of the same across all the different industries that are out there. When you get to the specific recoding of applications, such as you're going to build microservices and rebuild that application, then you have to have specific knowledge of those industries. And that's why we have industry experts that will be able to help you attend to all the different nuances that might come up during the redesign of your applications. What are best practices for migrating and modernizing right now? Uh, well, the, the one thing that comes up the most often is, should I lift and shift 
or should I modernize and, and then move over to the cloud? And what I tell my customers is that without a doubt, the most common practice is to first lift and shift and then rebuild once you're on that environment there. But it's really up to the individual portfolio. I think what we do is we, we take a careful look at all the applications that are in scope for that migration, and we do a detailed portfolio analysis and a cost analysis and a cost benefit over the, the short term and the long term. And there are certainly occasions when we say, look, this probably would be best if we just started rebuilding it or, you know, rehosting it in a different way. And uh, but I think if you look at the cost analysis, that will point you in the right direction in, in most times. And as I said, most people will be lifting and shifting over inside a container very often and then starting to pull apart the application and, and restructure it for a cloud environment. Okay, so I think what I got from that is generally speaking, it's lift and shift. True. Lift and shift is without a doubt the most common one, but you should have a detailed analysis of your portfolio that's in scope every time. So you can just get a good picture of what your options are. That way, if there's a short-term lift and shift where you can cut your costs down, you know, quite significantly in some cases, you can pay for that redevelopment over a longer period of years. Got it. So how do you suggest getting started? Well, a couple things. One is to reach out to the local AWS representative to explore, you know, what are the options out there. We are just now introducing new services that will help you decompose some of your applications and get a clear understanding of what the best benefits are, including the business case analysis for all those applications and then understanding what all the choices are. And then uh, as far as the actual delivery of that, we're offering services around a sort of a starter kit. If you want to modernize or replatform a number of applications, today we're just opening up new capabilities for our customers that will help them get to the cloud faster and then make a better decision. And what are those services that help decompose applications? So this is the part of... My job that I love the most is the portfolio analysis part. Um, when you go into an enterprise organization, they're often faced with having applications that they, they might not have understood completely, or maybe folks have moved off or retired in the organization. And you have to do a very uh, deep analysis on those applications. Even if you're moving a lift and shift environment, you need to understand what the connections are. Um, we call that entity, entity relationship modeling. Um, and that modeling and that portfolio analysis, taking a deep look at each application and making a path for every application on what, how it's going to be treated, if it's going to be upgraded, if it needs to be reconnected, what resources it uses. That's all part of a portfolio analysis process where you use a combination of professional services folks, your own staff, development staff, and then tools, sometimes multiple tools that will do the analysis for you. And you build out a plan for every single application. And we have those tools available, uh, many of them for free uh, from AWS. And of course, we have our professional service organization, as well as partners um, who can help customers do that analysis. It can be quite extensive, um, but once you get a process down and you know, a structure, uh, it can go quite quickly. Okay, now let's play a little prediction game here. What do you think is next? What do you think is going to happen in the next six months? What do you think will change? 
I think we're going to continue to grow in the database space. That seems to be, database and analytics seem to be a very strong uh, direction. However, just in the last uh, month or so, I've seen that customers that are looking at applications that are basically getting too old to support or require major feature upgrades. So I think we've, we were at a tipping point a couple of years ago where applications needed to be reworked and uh, improved. And, and we just put everything on hold for 12 months. And guess what? They're now older than they were before. So it's very likely we'll continue on database and analytics path. Uh, serverless will also, I think, come into play. But there are probably going to be some emergencies where they have to look at applications in order to avoid major hardware refreshes or demands um, on features and applications. Are there any untapped opportunities out there that you think customers should be exploring? Uh, Serverless, for sure, is one I think they ought to carefully look at. I think we're seeing more and more automation in, in in the operations space, of course. And as we get closer to that environment, both a managed service environment as well as a serverless environment are starting to look pretty attractive because we're able to now turn our attention towards the applications and the business um, rather than maintaining things as we have done in the past. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. We'll we'll have to see what happens six months from now, right? Because it's going to change certainly as the economy starts to return. Yeah, you're definitely on the hook.